Okay, let's get into it. Genesis. Uh, Genesis chapter 25, for the most part. We've been going through the book of Genesis, the first 12 chapters. We did the beginning of everything. And, and then from chapter 12, we picked up with the life of Abraham. Now, this is 4,000 years ago, 2,000 years before Christ. Some lessons to learn on walking with God and what it means to walk with God. So a couple of weeks ago, we did the funeral for Abraham's wife, Sarah. The chapter after that, it has the wedding of his son, Isaac. And now here we are in chapter 25 with the funeral of Abraham. We're going to look at his life. We're going to do his memorial service, just like we would do a memorial service. We've been in his life for 12 chapters. So let's read this, and then we will uh, jump in and see what it is that we can learn about Abraham as we do his memorial service. Sorry, <clears throat> here's what it says. Genesis 25, 8 through 12. Then Abraham breathed his last, and he died at a good old age. He was an old man full of years, and he was gathered to his people. Interesting phrase, isn't it, being gathered to your people? Well, his sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave near Mamre in the field of Ephron, the son of Zophar, the Hittite. Now, there's something interesting about that verse 9 in that Isaac and Ishmael, who, you know, they had, they had some big differences, and it was a little precarious there for a while. But at Abraham's funeral, something happens that often happens at funerals, and that's that families come together. Now, Conversely, and maybe you've experienced this with your own families, your own situations or people that you know, sometimes funerals bring people further apart. It takes some of those differences, some of the underlying tensions and magnifies them. But it's also the time many uh, times that people come together again. And certainly that's what happened here at Abraham's funeral. The boys buried him together, so they were involved in it together, and it's quite an ordeal because they're going to bury him in the cave near Mamre. Um, so a lot of work, a lot of time. They probably spent a lot of time together. It's a good thing. That was the field that Abraham had bought from the Hittites, and now he's going to be buried with his wife, Sarah. And after Abraham's death, God blessed his son, Isaac, who then was near uh, Ber Lahai Roy. Uh, and this is the account of Abraham's son, Ishmael, whom Sarah's maidservant, Hagar, the Egyptian, bore to Abraham. And then it goes on in chapter 25 and says, this is the account of Abraham's son, Isaac. So here's the story of the two boys, Isaac and Ishmael. Ishmael. So let's look again and see what we can get from this. It takes 14 chapters to do Abraham's life. And here we are, we're here uh, 4,000 years later, learning lessons from his life. Amazing. A lot to learn about walking with God. We said in chapter 12, when we met him, 
that we were going to learn to walk with God. We we're going to learn what it's like to walk with God. Because Abraham starts walking with God, he doesn't have any church background. He wasn't brought up in Sunday school. His grandparents didn't go to church. None of that. He was living in a pagan society, in a heathen society that didn't know the true and living God at all. And he's learning to walk with him. So we get over all of these years to be able to watch his life and learn how to walk with God. That's what we're learning now, learning how to walk with God. So 4,000 years later, his life is still speaking to us. When we look at Abraham's life, we're going to be able to see our own life. We're going to see ourselves. Um, we're not the first or the only ones. <laughs> you know, an awful lot of people have seen their life in the life of Abraham and learned the lessons that Abraham learned and do the same mistakes that Abraham made and, and learn to see God in the midst of all of this. The great thing about the scriptures is that it shows its heroes with all of their faults. It's really one of the greatest evidences that the Bible is the word of God, that it it shows the faults of its heroes. It doesn't show them as always, you know, these magnificent, you know, strong, brilliant, always morally upright leaders. It shows them who they are. And these biographies show us then the grace of God. They show us the grace of God in that we see their lives and we see them walking with God and we see them messing up. We see them making mistakes. We see them learning. Uh, sometimes not learning, sometimes making mistakes, and sometimes making the same mistakes over and over again. So let's move on a little bit and see what else we can learn here from Abraham and his life as we are doing his memorial service. So now we jump into the things that maybe would be said at his memorial service. We get up and we say, we're here to talk about Abraham, to talk about his life, and what are we going to say? We're going to say that Abraham was made out of the same mold as us. We quote James 5.17 there. Elijah, he was, uh, he was a very, very powerful prophet. Very powerful prophet. And what the verse says in James is that he was of like passions as us. What does that mean, like passions? Well, he had the same emotions. He was made up of the same thing that we're made up of. And so when we're learning these lessons from Abraham, we're learning that he's just like us. We're not any different than him. Well, maybe a little bit different than him. We live in different places. We have different preferences. We you know, live at a different time, do things differently. But for the most part, our humanity is the same. We share the same humanity. We said all are made out of the same mold. But some of us are moldier <laughs> than others. The same mold, but some of us are moldier than others. Man of like passions, human, just like you and me. And what can we say about Abraham who is just like you and me? What kinds of things can, can we say about him? What do we, what do we notice about him? Well, He's capable of lying. He does. In fact, he, um, he lies a few times at critical junctures. Uh, he's 
capable of deceiving. He does. He's capable of blaming others. He's capable of loving himself. He is capable to giving into his weakness. He is capable of shutting his eyes to the truth. And without God's grace, he would never be any different. But he grows. But he grows and he changes. And so here we are looking at his life, the life of a man who, like passions like us, has grown, who has changed. And so all of that, all of his humanity, and yet Abraham is a model and an example of faith in following God. Wow. He's an example of faith. Here's a cool thing about his example. Is his example starts when he's 75 years old. <laughs> and he say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, I don't know, you know, if that's true or not. But, uh, but for Abraham at 75, his life is starting all over again. His adventure with God is starting all over again. Should be a great encouragement to us that, you know, we can start our adventure with God at any time. No squeaking rocking chairs for Abraham. He's not going into some retirement where he's just going to sit around and rock his days away until finally he just dies. He has a zest for life throughout. He doesn't slow down at all. Life beyond retirement for this guy, he builds two families. His wife dies. After his wife dies, he builds another family. And so all of life you find in Abraham's story and in our story as well, that all of life is preparation for the next thing. Everything that's happening to us now is preparation for the next thing. So for Abraham, he was an example. That's what we're saying at his memorial service. He was an example. I like to say at memorial services that we're supposed to take something away. We're supposed to learn something. And and Abraham certainly does become an example for us, an example of faith. And here's what we can say about Abraham. When Abraham was called, he obeyed. Hebrews 11a. This is the New Testament talking about him. So here it is, you know, all of these years later, 2,000 years later, the New Testament, when the New Testament writer is writing, he says, by faith, Abraham, when called, to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, he obeyed and he went, even though he didn't know where he was going. You see, he followed God, and he followed God by faith. What an example. What a thing for us to learn from. He went from idolatry to the true and the living God, came out of idolatry, and began to serve the true and the living God. A conversion. How exciting to be converted at this point in your life which for most of us, 75 years old, would seem like it's the end of our life, and as he's getting converted at the end, and he's only got a few more years. But the Lord was gracious to him, and he lived to be quite, quite old. Starts all over again. He's converted. What an exciting conversion. He goes from his homeland to the promised land. Very cool. And that's where we're going. From our homeland, wherever it is that we were born, wherever it was we were living when we came to Christ, and we're going to the promised land. We're going to the promised land. You know, when he went, when he traveled to where he was going, he was dependent on God because he didn't have any maps. He didn't have any hotels.com. <laughs> no Airbnb. 
uh, no GPS, you, you know, he just went and he followed God and God was with him and God brought him there. And in order to do that, in order to go into the new life, now this guy's set in his ways. He's 75 years old, 75 years old. He had to sacrifice all of his hopes, all of his dreams, everything that he'd built. But yet he follows God. You know, you can't lose following, following God. You don't, you don't lose anything. See what else we can say about Abraham in his memorial service. Well, when Abraham was promised something by God, he believed. Hmm. He obeyed, he believed. Hebrews 11, 9 and 10, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign land. He lived in tents. Their tents are temporary. And there's a big lesson here because we need to think about living in tents as well, that we're living in temporary dwellings. Our bodies, our homes, our communities, our families, it's temporary. So he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. And he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city whose foundations and whose architect and builder is God. He was looking ahead to something else. Now. This whole idea of being foreigners, of being strangers, it's, it's the idea that we're uh, tourists. We're, we're just passing through. This place is not our home. But as a tourist, we certainly can enjoy life. We certainly can enjoy God. We certainly can enjoy each other. But it's not our home. Carrie Underwood has a song about that, that this is, you know, this is my temporary home. And I have a great home. I, you know, this is my library downstairs, and, and, you know, on the other side of those books, there's a, another duplicate side, and then over there, there's a, another one after that, and, you know, what a, what a great study, what a great life, what a, what a great, op- what a great opportunity, what, what great things that I have, what great places I've been, what great experiences I've had, but this is still only my temporary home, this is, this is not my eternal dwelling place. I'm a tourist. I'm just passing through. You're a tourist. You're just passing through. This is not our eternal home. And you know, it says of Abraham that he didn't waver through unbelief uh, regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and he gave glory to God. And so it's amazing how far Abraham brought his family on the promises that God gave him. He brought his whole family with him. Uh, What an example. trusted God, and trusted God for his life, and trusted God for his family. So what else we can see about Abraham doing his memorial service? What else do we got to say about this guy? Well, when he was tested, he trusted. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, He offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it's through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise him from the dead. And figuratively speaking, he received Isaac back from the dead. Uh, 
this is a picture of the resurrection, really, that the father, the son was dead in his sight for three days. And then a lamb, a ram, substitutes the life of this boy. And if you were with us for that study, we sort of, Isaac is certainly a picture, a type, a coming attraction of Jesus and the work of Jesus. But Abraham trusted God when he was tested. Boy, I tell you, when the tests come, when the trials come, it's so easy to just revert to the old ways. It's just so easy to revert to the flesh. It's so easy to just revert to what you know is comfortable rather than just trusting God. But Abraham, we said that we're following his life and we're learning from his life here at his memorial service, is that Abraham didn't always trust God with big things. In fact, he had trouble trusting God with little things. Well, leaving your home and going to the place, that's a huge thing. But he had trouble trusting God. And you learn to trust God little by little. And then it's bigger by bigger, bigger by bigger, bigger by bigger, until you, you trust God with the big things. God's a God of miracles. I've seen God do some miracles this week, just things that were surprising to me, shocking to me, to see that God actually came through. I was surprised. I was with some brothers this, this week, and you know, just a great victory. And um, after the victory, I was like, I'm surprised. <laughs> And one of them said, I'm not surprised. You know, they were trusting God. They were believing God. And Abraham, when he was, when he was tested, he trusted God. Let's see what else we can learn about this guy, this memorial service. So what did we learn? Uh, we learned this, that, that when... <laughs> Let me see if I can get there for you. Sorry about that. That when he was blessed and he was blessed, he shared. What a lesson to learn from a life. What a lesson to learn in a memorial service. What a lesson to learn from studying somebody's life and talking about their life and reflecting on their life. That when he was blessed, he shared. Uh, and he was, he was one blessed man. But um, what you learn about him is that he held his possessions lightly. And so should we. Uh, it's not really easy, come easy, go, because it's really difficult to get it. <laughs> and sometimes it seems like it just goes too easily. Uh, but they say things like you never see a, a, hertz, a hearse uh, with a U-Haul, you know, bringing all your stuff to the grave with you. We need to hold it lightly. And, and you can't outgive God. My old pastor used to say that. You can't outgive God. Abraham held on to it lightly, and he shared. He was very, very generous, very generous. He handled all that he had with open hands. He understood that it came from God, and because it came from God, he, he could be generous. But also, his eyes were fixed on a city whose architect and builder was God, whose architect and builder was God. So he knows that everything that he's accumulating isn't for this life anyway. But he did accumulate a lot, and we'll see in a moment that he left stuff to his children. But uh, he was fixed on the city whose architect and builder is God. In Proverbs, it says, don't wear yourself out to get rich. Have wisdom to show restraint. Cast but a glance at riches, and they're gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. 
<laughs> oh man, unbelievable. <clears throat> so the, the Abrahamic covenant was that he was blessed to bless. See, the top line is that God blessed him, but the bottom line is he blessed him so that he would bless. So when Abraham was given things from God, blessings from God, he gave them away. Abraham was blessed by God so that he would bless the world. We call that top line and bottom line. See what else we can learn from him in this, this memorial service. Just so much to learn from uh, Abraham. So he held his possessions lightly. He handled all he had with an open hand, and his eyes were fixed on a, on a city whose builder was God. Well, now maybe this is where in the memorial service people get up and talk about Abraham, and talk about his life, and give little snippets, little glimpses into his life, maybe things that even reading through Genesis you missed, and they, they share those things. Well, here's the high points of his life. Uh, his conversion, his marriage, the promise of a son, seeing the fulfillment of the promises, being a friend of God. Well, let's go through some of those. Uh, the high points of his life were his conversion. Again, at the age of 75, he's converted. He comes to Christ. Everything changes. He's born again. He's born new. Life begins again for him as he's connected now to the true and the living God who's going to be with him, walk with him, teach him, uh, and give him great promises. Also, uh, in a few weeks ago, when we did her funeral, we sort of the highlight of his life, a highlight of his life, was his marriage to the wife whom he loved. And boy, he just always wasn't the best husband. Sometimes he was just, but he loved his wife. And we, we saw when uh, we did her memorial service that Abraham was really in love with his wife and they stuck together through it all. They stuck together through it all. Uh, highlight of his life highlights the promise of this son, the birth of Isaac. God had promised him that this boy would be born and that his name would be Laughter. <laughs> and so Abraham laughs when he hears about it. He's like, oh, great. Um, you know, Sarah, she hears about it. She laughs like, yeah, sure. Yeah, this is going to happen. Well, when the boy is born, they name him Laughter. Highlight of his life. What else? Sing the promises of God fulfilled. Highlight of his life. It says of Abraham that he was called a friend of God, that he walked with God and he was a friend of God. So that's a 24-7, that's a 365 highlight, being a friend of God. Not just a servant, not just a slave, not just one who's obedient, but a friend of God. He walked with God. Highlight of his life was he was able to leave a heritage and an inheritance, the inheritance being material things. What a blessing to be able to leave material things to, to your children. But what a blessing to leave a heritage, things that they can follow, values that they can follow, promises that they can follow. And, and his children as well followed after God. That was the heritage, that his children were godly children. Now, as godly as you can be. <laughs> they were jokers, but they, uh, they certainly had the heritage and they certainly had the promise and they followed God. You know, one of the highlights was the courage and the change, the transformation that happened in his life. And of course, you know, one of his, one of his highlights was his family. Just uh, loved his family, loved his family. 
Well, those are some of the high points. And, and then someone gets up and they tell, they tell the, the low points. They tell the hard things. Oh, we remember Abraham, that it wasn't always easy for him. Well, here's some of the low points in his life. Uh, he was afraid. He ran. He was afraid. He lied. He was impatient. He listened to wrong counsel. He resorted to his old ways. And he passed on these negative characteristics to his kid. Well, low point of his life, uh, when he was afraid, he ran. He was afraid there wouldn't be food in the land when the famine came. And he went down into Egypt. And there it started, just started a whole bunch of trouble for him. A whole bunch of trouble for him. Never should have gone, should have been able to trust God, but he was learning, trouble comes, and he runs. He won't always run, though. He gets stronger in faith. He gets stronger in his life. But early on, he's afraid, so he runs. You find in chapter 12 as well, uh, when he was afraid, he lied says, when he went down into Egypt, he told his wife, you know, you need to lie. You need to lie. Wow. So he's afraid, so he lies. Some of the the downtimes in his life. He was a little bit impatient. At least Sarai was impatient. Probably both of them were impatient. They had this promise of this boy that was going to be born to them, this boy that was going to be a blessing to all of the world, and the boy never came. And so as they became impatient, he listened to wrong counsel. And in that case, he listened to his wife. So listening to your wife, listening to to your husband, you know, those things are always important. But we can be wrong. And and in this case, his, his wife gave him some bad advice. You know, why don't you have a baby with the girl that's living in a house, whatever she was, the housekeeper or the or the cook, or whatever she did. We didn't know what her responsibilities were, but she lived in the house, and she was a young girl, and she was able to conceive, and Abraham went and slept with her and had a child with her, just caused a big mess. So when impatient, he listened to the wrong counsels, and um, and when stuck, when stuck, he resorted to his own ways, his, his old ways. Uh, twice he tells Sarah to lie. And, and then, again, unfortunately, he took these bad characteristics and passed them on to his kids. And you might hear something like that in the memorial service where you're talking about somebody and says, oh, yeah, you know, and now his kids do the same, whatever it might be, you know, bow and arrow. Oh, he was great with a bow and arrow. And so he passed on to his kids. They were all great with a bow and arrow. They were, they were, they were all able to play chess. So oh, they all were math whiz. Oh, they all, you know, whatever. He passed it on. Well, he passed on some of these bad characteristics, including the lying including lying to his kids. So be careful, be careful what you're conveying to others. Uh, As much as his family was a high point, his family was also a low point. Uh, You know, he had a lot of trouble. He had, you know, there's boys that he loved, but he had two boys with two different women and boy, it was, uh, it was hard. And, and some of us know that if we have blended families and, you know, mixed from whatever, you know, circumstances or situations in our, you know, our families are trying to be brought together in boys. Sometimes it can just really be hard. The, the greatest blessings can become the, the most difficult things to make it through. 
So his family was a high point. His family also was, you know, one of the low points. It's trying to walk through that, having the blended family and living in the same household. And uh, but both of his boys loved him, and they and they buried him. What what an honor to to have your children united and your children united in in burying you. And again, uh, because of the situation in the home and because of the different women in the home we've said in this series of Abraham's life, it's that, that every family has trouble and every heart has pain. And so because of the rivalry with the two women who had had the two boys, so they're both living in the same house, they got the boys and there's a big, well, the boys work it out and the boys bury dad together. And so Abraham was a responsible father provided well for his family, provided well for his boys. Um, what else can we say to him? You know, we want to get away from this stuff and move on to you know, something, uh, something a little bit different. I don't want to stick on the low points at a memorial service. Abraham finishes well. He finishes well. He dies in peace. And God said he died in peace. In, in, in Genesis 15, it said, you, however, will go to your fathers in peace and be buried at a good old age. God said he would die in peace. What a great way to die in peace. That means I need to be taking care of my stuff right now if I want to die in peace. Peace with what? Peace with God. I want to be at peace with God when I, when I die. I don't want to be in rebellion against God. I don't want to be sinning against God. Uh, at, peace with, at peace with my family. At peace with my, at peace with my world. I'd like to be at peace with my enemies. You know, dying in, dying in peace. You, however, will go to your fathers in peace. The word there, you know, peace is shalom. Shalom doesn't mean the absence of conflict. It, it means sort of serenity and a calmness in the midst of all of the conflict and all of the trouble and all of the things going on around us, dying in peace. Abraham finished well. So we can say about him in his memorial service. Abraham dies satisfied in verse 8 of Genesis 25. It says, Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age, an old man full of years, and he was gathered to his people. He was satisfied. He was satisfied. Old blue song says, you know, once I was waiting in fortune and fame and everything that I hoped of and dreamed of, you know, to get a start in this life's world. But then it talks about, you know, suddenly it happened. I lost every dime, but I'm richer by far with a satisfied mind. Satisfied life, a satisfied mind. And dying with peace and Dying with a satisfied mind. Abraham died in faith. It says in Hebrews 11, it says a lot about Abraham in Hebrews 11. It says all of these people were living in faith when they died, and they didn't receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, but they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on the earth. He died in faith. He trusted God. He believed God. He believed God his whole life. What else can we say about him? His memorial service, he finished well. He left a heritage and an inheritance. We already talked about that. You know, the heritage 
those values, those principles, the godly things, the faith that we can impart to our children, and the inheritance, you know, some money, you know, a car, you know, whatever. You can have the lawnmower, <laughs> whatever, you know, an inheritance, the stuff, but also the stuff of value, you know, the heritage of a godly example. He passed on the promises of God. The spiritual blessings can mean far more than the material wealth. Well, the kids want the money. <laughs> but, you know, when it's time for the kids to die, they're going to remember the spiritual things. The spiritual things being the invisible things, the things of the spirit. They're going to remember them when they die, too. Money comes and goes, things come and go, lawn, lawn mowers break, cars corrode. Abraham left both a, a heritage and an inheritance, uh, not just monetary, but spiritual, emotional. Abraham finishes well. So maybe there's some lessons to learn. What can we learn? I, I like to tell people at memorial services that you're supposed to leave this memorial service better than you came in. What are you going to leave? With? What is this life going to impart to you so that when you leave, you're a better person? Well, with the life of Abraham, hopefully when we leave, when we leave this time together, we'll leave having more faith in God, trusting God and seeing that God is good and that God will provide for us and take us through all the way from the beginning to the end because we have the example in Abraham. He did it for Abraham. Well, I think the lessons to learn is that you partner with God to, to, to make life brighter and clearer and happier and more fulfilling for you and your family and your friends and your circle of influence. Just trusting God. Throw yourself into the life that God gives you. Throw yourself into it with gusto. Live it with all that you have. Enjoy life. Enjoy God. Have a love for God that supersedes the hardships that you experience. And let your children learn generosity from you. You don't need to have a lot of stuff to show generosity. You can just be, you can just be polite to people. And if you're polite to people, you'd be amazed that your kids, your grandkids will pick up on that. They'd be polite to people too. Generous. Generous with your life. Generous with your emotions. Generous with your compliments. Gen generous with you know, your kindness. Generous with your money, generous with your stuff, generous with your time. So we need to close this up, the memorial service for Abraham. How do we wind it up? See, if you're leading a memorial service after everybody said everything and everybody's come up and talked about him and, you know, you've heard about this life of him or her, whoever it is, you know, we want to pull it together. Well, here's what we heard. When God calls, obey. When God promises, believe. When God tests, trust. When God blesses, share. And finally, Abraham was gathered to his people, to the fellow believers, Noah and Enoch and some of these He's gathered to his people, his fellow believers, Noah and Enoch. The blessed hope. The blessed hope. 
He was buried with Sarah. He was buried, buried with Sarah's wife. Buried by his boys. Wow. Buried by his boys. His boys bury him. Make family peace now. Make family peace now. Abraham, back to Hebrews 11. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were his heirs with the same promise. He was looking forward to a city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Lord, thanks for this life of Abraham, and may we fashion our life after the same. Lord, when, when you call, might we obey. When you promise, may we believe. When you test, may we trust. When you bless, may we share. Oh, Lord, transform our life, change our life. Thank you for the life of Abraham. Lord, we, like Abraham, have been the recipient of so many blessings from you. And we want to share it with our world, Lord. We want to be transformed by ourselves, and then we want to share it with our world. And so may you share the great blessing of salvation through Jesus Christ. May you share the glory of God, the testimony that God has given to you. May God hold you. May he sustain you. May he get you through this crisis, this, uh, this coronavirus crisis. May he get you through what is possibly the looming economic crisis. May he get you through this cultural crisis. This division, this polarization that's pulling on you. It's pulling on all of us. And so let's learn to be people of peace, just like Ishmael and Isaac, who were very opposed to each other, same family, opposed to each other, but coming together to bury their dad. And may we not have to wait for some tragic thing before we, before we heal ourselves and before we heal our relationships and therefore heal our land. That we would find ourselves loving all people and serving all people recognizing all people. Lord, help us. We need to repent. Daniel said that he repented for the sins of the fathers, and we need to repent for the sins of our fathers. Lord, we're sorry. We're sorry for what we've done. We're sorry for what we've been a part of. And we really want to be agents of your peace. We really want to be used by you to bring people to God and to bring peace. We really want to be people of justice, the people who do what's right all the time, everywhere but forgive us for our sins. Wash us and cleanse us. And Lord, might we forgive those who've sinned against us, that we might die with a clear conscience, that we might die with a satisfied mind. Because Lord, we also are looking for a city whose builder and architect is God. And we thank you for the blessings here. But may the Lord draw you close. May he draw you to him. May you be closer to God than you've ever, ever been. And may the Lord bless you May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. And may he give you peace. Hey, bless you guys. I love you guys. It's, uh, it's such a blessing to, to fellowship even like this. You know, great things are happening in this, this corona time, in this coronavirus. Um, God's doing stuff. Uh, keep watching the announcements and, 
you know, get involved with what you can. We're going to try to do a lot of discipleship in the winter time, and you know, come spring, you know, hopefully we'll be you know out and about doing all kinds of outreach. But uh, let's grow. Let's let's reach out. Um, love you guys. It's just it's just a privilege. You have no idea how privileged I feel just being able to be with you. So I love you. Um, blessings, blessings, blessings. <laughs>